0: Hey guys, thanks for joining me for an as yet unnumbered and unnamed, potentially never to air recording. Um, This is Neil. I feel that maybe I need to, do I need to state that now that Alex is on board? He's not here right now because just me, I'm out in the car and something weird has happened. Um, it's now, what is it? 9:30 on Monday morning, the 22nd of uh, what are we June 2020. and I have a couple of hours to myself to do whatever I want to do. The two eldest kids are at school, and youngest went back to nursery today, um, albeit just for the morning, so I've got to pick him up um, in a few hours time. But yeah, um, Ash is at home, working from home, so she's taking up the kitchen table, which is fine, which is great. She's got some peace and quiet to get on, so I thought I'd go out and take some photographs. i've got in the car with me probably more cameras than i should have um, but it's purely because there's film in all of well most of said cameras that i want to finish up and actually shoot (coughs) excuse me so the exception to that is my speed graphic Uh, is that an exception there's technically no film in it but there's uh, i think three or four film holders that have got um foma 400 in and I want to use that. There's some pictures that I know I want to make, that I'll talk about in a little while. Um, And I also bought an an undated box of Ilford FP3 off of eBay the other day, so I want to clear up some space to try some of that. Um, Yeah, so where was I? So in the bag, I've got uh, my Canon A1, which is loaded with a roll of KEMIR 400. Chemir 400 is turning out to be one of my favorite films now I said I said in a show a while back somewhere around when was I I think it was when I went to that show where I went to Bremen Rocks when we were supposed to be doing the photography show that never happened um, that I was pretty much done with 35mm and since then I've found myself shooting more and more of it I think at the time I was really getting into large format and the 35mm wasn't just get just wasn't getting a look in but since this whole COVID nineteen lockdown um, thing has been going on, it's not been so easy to go out and shoot the speed graphic. So I've naturally been leaning back towards thirty mm and stuff that's just easy to easy to grab and go. So the I shot a lot of point and shoots recently, and I've also been shooting this A one. And I was back in the mindset of I. I i'm getting fed up of jumping between different film stocks i need to find something that that i like and that i can do what i want to do with and isn't too expensive and alex my co-host was um at the time shooting some kenmare 400 and he would bought i think he bought a bulk maybe he bought a bulk roll of it i can't remember but he was getting some great some great images with it sorry hang on just a minute traversing a crossroad. <clears throat> yeah, he was getting some great images of it and I was like, I want some of that. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and I bought a couple of rolls of uh, Chemier 400. Um, I actually bought them. They came from Ilf, uh, directly from Ilford actually when I bought a load of um, paper and chemicals. I, I realised that they sold it. Um, obviously they sold it all about Um, and I just chucked a couple of rolls in the order and that was it and I shot them and I was like these do actually look really good so I committed to buying a bulk roll of it so I went on to Analog Wonderland and committed to a 100 foot bulk roll of the stuff which I think was 50 pounds or thereabouts 50 something pounds uh, which I don't know do the maths I can't remember how many how much that works out to be a roll but it works out cheaper I think than the the normal pre-roll stuff. So I've been doing a lot of um shortish rolls with that, I've been rolling sort of 18, 19 exposure rolls, and using that. And some of the pictures, admittedly I haven't printed any of them yet, but the scans that I'm getting, in my opinion, look absolutely fantastic. I took a, shot a couple of rolls through my Olympus Trip 35 the other day, and I think they look great. Really, really good. So anyway, yep, yeah, that's, off on a tangent there. That's what's in my um, A1, and so like I say, I've shot two rolls of it at box speed at 400, and the roll in the A1 I'm shooting, I'm actually pulling it and shooting it at 200, um, just to try and see if that bumps the contrast a little bit. So I've just reached around, going, hang on. Cool, and switch that noisy engine off. So, hopefully, you oh man, it is quiet. Hopefully, you heard everything that I was talking about up to that point. Otherwise, well, that's five minutes wasted. Um, I was just saying, yeah, so the roll in the A1 is being pulled to 200. Um, in the hope that that will, if I develop it at 400, maybe that'll bump the contrast a little bit. I'm just, just as much as I don't want to use the term, experimenting, just trying some stuff out with it and see what it can do. I've also tried, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I've tried shooting some of that pulled roll with a red filter as well, just to see what that does, but I probably should have saved the red filter for uh, when it's shot at box speed, don't know. Anyway, so that's the that's the A1. Also in the bag is my Minolta Riva Panorama, um, which <clears throat> is, if you haven't heard, I've done a, a very, very early episode. Um, in the history of the show, where well, i a review of this. And from memory, I think I slated it fairly hard. I think I, I, think I went back and corrected that on my, on a later show. But I need to revisit that because this is a freaking awesome little camera. I'll go, I'll go into it a bit later. But basically it's a 35 millimeter fixed lens, point and shoot panoramic camera. So it's not like a, an X-Pan that makes like a massive panoramic um negative it just it's the the negative is the same width as your normal 35 millimeter frame it's just that aspect ratio but slimmed down to the 35 millimeter size <laughs> shut, shut up now um we'll go into that another side. but that's that's also loaded with some kempa 400 and that's on about frame 10 at the moment so i want to shoot just finish that up and shoot that up i've also got my project box camera camera for for June, which I'm actually shooting a second roll through. I shot a roll, it's um, it's an Ensign, uh, Ensign Junior Model B. I'll post a picture of it um, at some point on the Instagram page. But it's like when you think of a box camera, like a cliche typical black box, that's what it is. It's, it was given to me by a friend of mine a couple of years back, maybe three years ago, and it belonged to her late grandfather, I think, Great-grandfather? Grandfather, I can't remember. Uh, Someone in her family. And it dates back to about 1918, I think. So it's really, really cool. It's got some history. And I've shot uh, a few rolls for it before, and they were always okay they were fine uh, but I wanted to but it was this camera that that started the idea for the whole project, project box camera I wanted to shoot this and that was where the projects sort of all were born from so I used this one I shot a roll of foMA 100 for it uh, a week ago maybe two weeks ago now um, but it was light leaky as hell um, in the interim time since using this camera the last time the back like door on it has had warped so it's wood and it had warped like in the heat or the damp or whatever so it didn't seal properly so on the it's these lovely massive great 6x9 negatives and each corner I can't remember if the bottom of the terrain by the top of the frame um had massive light leaks. so probably about 50% of the image was lost through a light leak. so I sort of looked at how I could fix it Took some advice from people and sort of basically damped it, dampened it down with some wood, uh, with some water, and clamped it in between several bits of wood in such a way that over time I could bend the wood back to its normal straight position. And taking that out of the clamps, yeah, over the weekend, <clears throat> just gone. It seems to have done the job. It certainly seems to have shut a lot better than it did before. So it's now got a roll of brand new um, Ilford FP4 in it, and I'm going to go and hopefully shoot. Dunes project box camera pictures on that because the first ones yeah like i say they weren't good so that's that um is that everything i got with me today yeah just that and the speed graphic so those that have listened to the show before know that and i would imagine most of you have why would you start here <laughs> anyway uh, most most of you guys will know that i have a um, I had when I was doing my master's degree. I was shooting a project called South Walter Hauser, which focused on uh, a long since torn up narrow gauge railway line in the sort of middle of the Suffolk countryside, um, and that's where I am today. I've I was looking at so basically that project was pinhole photographs of um, the route of this whole railway line. This railway line was. Um, installed in 19, uh, 1879 and removed in or shut down and then started to be torn up from 1929, so it was 50 years of this railway. And the project focused on the route that it took, how much of it was still sort of traversable and any sort of evidence that it was ever there. <clears throat> and they were pinhole photographs that I shot with my Reality So Subtle 6x6F, um, I think on FB4 and Delta 100, and I then sort of made digital prints of those and contact printers made Van Dyke prints um, with them, which was great and I was happy with it. And recently, over the past week or so, I've been revisiting uh, Van Dyke printing just because I haven't done it since then and I wanted to do some more. And I was looking back at my notes and the images. And whilst I love what I made for that, and I have no regrets about making them, I want to sort of revisit the, the area and make some, some new photographs of it. Um, just with different cameras because I used the pinhole for there was a list of specific reasons why I used it, which I probably went into the icon. But I was going to now. It was about time and time passing and time past and the sort of sort of dreamy, ethereal aesthetic that the pinhole camera gave, which was fine for that project. But I want to revisit it now with some different cameras and some different film and some different processes and just see if I can make some some more up to date work that I like. <clears throat> Excuse me. So recently, um, sorry, about just had to clear my throat. Um, recently, I there's a section of it, um, sort of which is just between Blythborough and Walberswick, that I've been walking just for recreation, just somewhere different to walk. And i brought my youngest, Alex, here. I realize it's a bit complicated when I talk about my youngest boy called Alex, and Alex, the co-host. Um, but I've been bringing my youngest here just for a, a little walk to take, get him out of the house and let Ash get on with her working from home and I've been shooting off and on, this is where I shot those two rolls of Kentmere in the trip and uh, another section of it I shot a roll of FP4 in um, what was it, a Manolta AF Big Finder which I wrote a blog post about um, which I don't think I really talk about my blog on here but if you want to have a look at that, if you google blogging a Blogging a dead horse, it's called, and there's posts on there all about sort of analog photography and different things and stuff. Um, See, so yeah, I've been walking this route a lot recently, and that's where I've pulled up to just now. And I'm going to go off and take. I'm going to take all this crap at once because that'd be ridiculous. Just going to go for a little walk. I've got. How time is it now? How long have I been whittering on for? It's now quarter to ten almost. I've got to pick the boy up at one o'clock so I've got a good few hours to have a wander and make some photographs. Mm. It's a wonderful day today, some would say too wonderful there's not a cloud in the sky so I'm going to be not including the sky in any frames today, we're just going to have a little walk in the sun, plenty of sun, plenty of shadows, plenty of contrast and see what we can make. Cheers. Right, wonderful. So having just well you'll have just heard having just heard, said um, <clears throat> that there's not a cloud in the sky and that could make for some ugly photographs, I realised that I don't give a crap what the sky looks like today. One, I'm out and about enjoying some peace and quiet in the outside and two, I find myself on the, the track bed for this old railway and i'm in the middle of the forest There's birds singing all around me i don't know if you can hear that i've only seen one other person so far it's just out for a walk nice chat we had a little chat and i can't even see well i can't even see the clouds I barely see the sky obviously just see the blue through the trees it's frankly a freaking wonderful day so I don't give a crap what the sky looks like <clears throat> was the point anyway so I'm walking down don't really know what the point of this section is just wanted to talk about the sky walking down the track bed and I decided to bring the speed graphic with me first I've left everything else back at the car it's only a little walk away um thought I'd take the heaviest camera first um yeah so I'm gonna go and shoot some Foma 400 might shoot it at 200, had some decent results shooting it at 200, um, so we shall see, but I know exactly what I'm looking for, um, some of the photographs that I took with the trip and the Kentmere the other day, um, some of the ones that I liked the best were the ones that looked, so basically they just looked down down the path, down the old track bed, disappearing off into the distance, maybe around the corner or something, and the... Uh, um, portrait orientated photographs and the edges are just lined with the trees and at certain points the trees kind of not falling but kind of curving at the top and <clears throat> they just make for a lovely frame around a beautifully lit centre of the image just leading to well, just, you know, the whole leading line thing, leading straight away off into the distance, and they just looked great. So I thought I'm going to try and see if I can do that with the speed graphic and this FOMA pan. Don't necessarily like shooting, well, I'll say I like it. I prefer to shoot landscape with landscape orientation with the speed graphic, simply because um, my speed graphic has the graphic back on it, not the graph lock back I think it is, Um, well there's a cool, sorry, that's a really cool scene but that's not, I'll come back and try and get that layer, just a little fern and some dead rotten tree that's fallen over just at the top of the embankment that's perfectly lit by the sun but that's not a job for this. Um, <clears throat> I'll come back and see if that's still there later with another camera. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, graphic back instead of the graph lock back. So in order for me to shoot uh, in portrait orientation with this camera, I have to actually mount the camera on the tripod, sort of turn it through 45 degrees, uh, 90 degrees, sorry, and mount it on its side, which is fine. But I just find it a bit, a bit more difficult to use it when it's on its side anyway I can't do anything about it so that's what I'm going to do so that's probably it for now I will check in in a little while when I found something worth photographing cheers guys okay so I found what is I think the perfect shot at least for what I for what I wanted um, just set, set the camera up right in the middle of the at the footpath in the middle of the track bed, and looking sort of back up the way I've walked, there's the scene that I was talking about where the, the track bed, or the path, sort of meanders off into the distance, uh, it's lined by trees, there's the old sort of railway cutting, so the embankment going up either side, probably about 20 feet or so, a 45 odd degree angle. And it frames the shot nicely, there's some overhanging branches that are sort of curved, almost forming like a a circular pattern over the top and then their corresponding shadows underneath. So it looks quite beautiful in my eyes. I probably won't do it justice with this film, if I'm honest, Um, but we can try and see. So I've set the camera up, it's all focused. No movements to worry about on this camera. Um, Yeah, no movements to to worry about. So I just need to, to meter it now it's kind of ironic really that i said i've only met one other chap and he was obviously just meeting somebody else and they've just come walking by so we just had a chat about the unusual setup that i'm using and i had to apologize for like social distancing and that of all this forest i had to set up in the middle of the uh path so but they were, they were cool nice guys um so i've got my uh my gosson 16-0 out um, so becoming a bit aware that this isn't perhaps the ideal meter for for large format photography. Maybe, I don't know, because so I'm not going to go on a, on a poor me here about gear, but I think maybe I need to invest in a spot meter. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about spot meters, and I listen particularly to Henry on the Tales from the Magic Box podcast, um, and he'll meter a scene and go, oh, that's... That's nine, and I'll put that there, and I'll put the shadows on 10, and if I'm honest, Henry, I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) But you seem to get some good pictures out of it. So my meter isn't spot, it's just sort of metering overall, and I'm pointing it up the track right now, and that's saying, that's saying F22 That's somewhere between a 15th and a 30th of a second at 400. But that's obviously just the, the overall. If I want to do anything creative with that, like expose for the shadows or the highlights or whatever, I can't meter that from this. I could do it, thinking about it, with the light meter app on my iPhone. But I don't know if I trust that. Let's just pull that up now. <coughs> Pocket light meter, this one's called. So if I set that at 400, I'm going to go F22... Yeah, that's saying a 15th of a second. If I move it to the shadows, an 8th of a second. If I move it to the highlights, a 30th of a second. I think I want to, stupid eBay notifications. I think I want to expose for the highlights, more the highlights than the shadows. So I can get that nice little contrasty crunch going on, but not too much. So I think really I want to just expose for the midtones. So where are we? I'm aware that this isn't the most accurate of me. As so shadows are saying a fifteenth, highlights it's saying a. they It's saying there's only like one stop between the two, which I don't really believe. If I go for the sky, that's saying a sixtieth kind of makes more sense. <clears throat> so what have we got on on this shutter? The shutter we got a 50th of a second. <clears throat> I think it might hedge my bets and just make two exposures, one at a fiftieth and one at a hundredth. And I can compare the distance di- distance. The difference. But it's kind of like it at F32 actually. So if I use so that's so this light meter is saying not saying exactly the bloody same <laughs> quarter of a second now at in the shadows a fifteenth somewhere between a fifteenth and a thirtieth in the highlights. Fifteenth and a thirtieth. Some what have we got here? Tenth and a twenty-fifth. Trying to remember photography 101. So if I go 100, that'll be darker. I'm gonna hedge my bets here and do a 50th and a hundredth of a second. Yep, that's what I'm gonna do, <clears throat> right? Okay, so let's just cock that fire, cock it, fire. Yeah, that's working fine. So, let's go get a film holder Now trouble is, and I did check all these in the dark bag before I left um <clears throat> the film holders aren't all full, and you have the black and white colouring system to denote. Shot and not shot, or exposed and not exposed, but somewhere in there is empty as well. And the way mine, the way I think I do mine backwards, because I'm just stupid like that. <clears throat> but for me, when the th- when the dark side is placed with the white or the silver on the outside, that denotes that it's been shot, which I think is backwards to everybody else. Which means that when it's black, it's unexposed, but it also means it's empty. Another reason why I keep this log so I know what film holders have actually got film in. So, according to this, film holder two sides A, no film holder, let's no, this easy. Film holder three, three A, three B are both loaded and not exposed. So, let's look for film holder number three. There it is. So, can't really cock that up. talk about the dance of large format photography let's see what they mean I'm just going to uh, open that up wide and check the exposure again uh, check the composition again make sure that hasn't moved at all which it hasn't it's quite cool actually because I can't remember if I spoke about this but I put one of these uh, what they call them, a Fresnel screen on the ground glass and what that basically means is I quite often don't need the uh, dark cloth to at least make a composition which is quite nice. So, right, right, I'm just gonna put you down for a second. So, film holder's in. Shooting on the side, 3 A. What did I say, 50th and 100th at F32. Now, I keep, I have one of Mike Padua's photo memo books in my large format bag at all time. But for some reason, I haven't got a friggin' pen with me today, which is utterly ridiculous. So, iPhone Notes app is going to have to come out, and I'll transfer that later. (coughs) So, what did I say? F32. Film holder 3, side A. F32 at 150th of a second. Sorry, guys, if you don't find this interesting, feel free to whiz on. 50th, 32. Let's just cock that shutter release cable. Fire that. Yeah, it fires. Then you go, I'll do this. Fire the shutter a couple of times just to make sure it's working. Right. 32, 150th. Cock the shutter. around the back dark slide out make sure that there's no one wandering down into my composition check myself again 150th f32 no people in the composition sun's out three two one boom there we go flip the dark slide over and pop it back in with the white side out, which to me denotes that it has been shot. I don't know how I picked this up, but for me, if the film holder like tab is black, that to me says dark, says it's dark in there, it's not exposed. If it's white or silver, that to me says it's light. So there's light in there, so it has been exposed and that's the way i look at it but i think that's backwards to what everyone else does it so no, here kids never use one of my film holders because they're going to be backwards to you all right so i'll just flip literally flip that over and i'm going to make the same composition just at a hundredth of a second so move that to 100 that's still at f32 cock it fire cock it fire slide out, forgot to cock it but now cocked, no one's in the composition, sun has just dropped off a bit, so I said there's not a cloud in the sky, directly above me is the sky and a load of clouds, I think that's pretty much the same, 3, two, 1, boom, before the sun disappears. Dark slide back in. Film holder out. Two photographs made. Uh, normally I'd pull the notebook out, as I said I haven't got the friggin' pen with me. <laughs> so back to the phone app, dark side free, B, F32 at one one hundredth of a second. so there we go it's now jesus christ 20 past 10 and i've made two photographs right that's cool let's uh switch this off and i'll go for another wander and find something else all right so little update having wandered a little bit further along the cutting i've realized that i have made those two shots um and obviously i don't know if they'll come out or not, I don't know whether I've exposed them right. I'm pretty sure I'm in the ballpark at least, and I've got like I want to say one at fifty or one at hundredth of 100 for a second. So hopefully one of those two will be will be about right. <clears throat> but I'm sort of walking along. Well, I was walking along the cutting back towards Blytheborough, and I realised that I've got that shot. That was really the only shot that I wanted, and I could carry on. And I know that there's a few other places a little bit further down the line where I could get a similar shot but I don't want a similar shot, like that was that was a shot that I wanted to get with the Speed Graphic and I'm pretty sure I've got it, well I've at least made my best attempt that I can to get it so I'm, I've turned around and I'm going to walk back to the car and go and get some different equipment and have a walk with that. So there's plenty of other interesting stuff around here, but a lot of it is more. Um, I don't want to call it detail shots, but a bit more close-up, and I'm not fully comfortable doing close-up stuff with the Speed Graphic yet. I don't think. I tried it a little bit, and I can't. I can't get my head quite around doing anything other than um, like landscapes at f22, f32, and. That's my own thing and I need to work on that and I will do. But now's not the time for that. So like I said earlier, what I actually want to do is use up, was enjoy myself, use up some of the film, hopefully all of the film that's in the other cameras, shoot my roll for project box camera, which being on a six by nine camera is a what eight shots, I think. eight shots. I'm gonna go and get that, get the A1 and use those look for some more sort of interesting compositions that aren't big old wide landscapes yeah i think yeah otherwise i think if i just carry on with the speed graphic is just literally just a waste of film um thought of a better term well, that's quite interesting fallen tree um yeah i mean no film's a waste of film if you're enjoying what you're doing but it just seems a little a little bit of a time limit and i want to enjoy myself i don't want to think too much about what i'm doing right now so that's what i'm going to do heading back to the car i will catch up with you folks again shortly Bye bye okay so next round back pretty much where i was with the speed graphic um 25 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago or so, and have with me in my bag uh, my A1 and the Riva Panorama and in my hand I have the Mighty Insign Junior Model B which I think I mentioned earlier is a sort of 1918-ish uh, box camera. Uh made obviously by the Ensign Camera Company. Uh, it's a 6x9, takes 120 uh roll film, probably takes 620 as well, but specifically says um got a sticker on the inside which says ask for Ensign E20 film, which with a little bit of research is there what they used to call 120 film. So, it's about um, as simple as you can get, stark contrast to what I was shooting with a little while ago. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's just a, literally a black box with um, next to no settings as well, so next to no settings. It's got instant mode, so your regular shutter, and bulb mode for your bulb shutter. That's literally all it's got. No fancy, uh, apertures or waterhouse stops or green or red filters that come out of it like some of the posher box cameras it's literally just that so i just climbed up the uh, um railway embankment because i think there might be a shot up here um yeah so that's it um Say it's got a little red window in the back but whether over time or it's always been like that but it's now an orange window and I know everyone's mentioned this before but Ilford backing paper Jesus I don't know what the deal with it is but the so those of you that have shot 120 or 220 no not 220 sorry 620 will know that as you roll the film on you have a series of arrows that sort of say this is like, you have, you have films coming up, then you get a few little symbols, and then you get the number one, the number two, what have you. So the arrows and the symbols are dark enough that you can read. But the actual numbers, for some reason, I can't see them. Like, when I first loaded this up this morning, uh, when I was still at home, fortunately, I sort of rolled the film through. And just under normal light in the kitchen at home, I sort of looked down and I was like, oh, shit, that's on number two. So, six by nine that's a that's a lot of real estate to waste so I put it in the dark bag took it out, rolled it back up, put it back in and just paid a bit more attention so started this little walk on number one um, I've taken a couple of shots so far um, I think one was just basically the same shot that I took on the speed graphic and another one was, I can't even remember what it was uh, something similar probably um, haven't quite worked out where the I say the the focus point is, um, I know I shot with the roll of foamer that I shot in it the other week, I tried to take a portrait of um, one of my kids and I had them sort of just filling the tiny little viewfinder and when I actually developed it I could see that they weren't in focus so they were too close so I tried um, using a bit of, uh, what's it called, like... Greaseproof paper whatever it is that translucent like tracing paper stuff to hold up and open up shut the aperture and see where the focus point was but it's just I couldn't really work it out to be honest so again I'm just using it to shoot landscapes for the moment Well, say landscape stuff that's sort of infinity would be focused at infinity which seems it seems fairly sharp at that as for what any of the settings are I've got no idea there's very little information anywhere that I've been able to find on to, as to what um, aperture or f-stop it actually is, and the shutter speed is well, from just sort of looking and listening to it, is about a sixtieth of a second type thing. Just one of those simple. It folds, it runs past the, what well, opens up, then closes as like the shutter itself sort of moves past the lens. Can't really explain it any better than that. Um, <clears throat> very very simple. So, as I say, a stark contrast to the speed graphic, quite refreshing to use in that it is, yeah, basically a point shoot quite difficult to use in, it's got two viewfinders, one for portrait orientation and one for landscape orientation, which are quite bright, but they're so small, you only really get a rough idea of what you're composing with, so, that's fine, take it as it is, um, I have cleaned them up a little bit, so that they're a little bit brighter, <clears throat> excuse me, um, yeah they're more of a sort of rough rough idea um that's about all there is really to say about this one i think new door seems to be holding fairly closed i'll uh, go and take some shots and come back to you in a bit okay so we've almost finished um, this roll of FP 4 in the in the box camera been looking for, because I can't enlarge these, my enlarger only goes up to 6x6 what I'm intending to do is make just nice little contact prints um, with the the negatives so I'm looking for scenes, because of my darkroom um, experience I suppose uh, my darkroom practice isn't the best, I'm still learning Um, I'm looking for scenes that that aren't going to require much if any sort of additional work like dodging and burning and things like that. <clears throat> um, so I'm looking for nice some nice contrasty scenes that will make for a nice image on their own. So i found like I say this only takes 8 shots on this roll because they're by 9 so I've just went on to frame 8. haven't missed one yet even with the uh, weird light backing paper. Um, I'm just looking for my last one now, and that mm, yeah, that might work. So I'm looking at now. So I'm still standing on the track bed. And I'm looking off to my left. There's a, a fallen tree which fell obviously many many years ago, um, which is been lit up nicely by the sun, and it's almost framed by the trees and some holly bushes and the ferns that are around it. So the sun is falling nicely on the tree. I'm going to have to make a shot of that here we go, so as I say, lining up this viewfinder is a bit of a pig especially with this recorder in my hand, so bear with me just a moment don't have a, a clip on mic or anything for it, so I'm literally just holding it and talking into it, and I've got to shade the viewfinder so I can actually see what I'm doing yeah I reckon that'll work, so here we go three, two one, and that's it. Frame number eight. No setting of shutter speed. No setting of aperture. That's it. Job done. So I'm just now on, choosing after taking the shot to walk a little bit further and see if it's framed any differently from elsewhere. But I think <laughs> I probably should have done that first. But fortunately, <clears throat> I don't think it is. Nah, it looked nice from where I was. That's a bit of luck. So it's going to wind that on. don't accidentally, didn't accidentally pop open anything silly in my bag and I lose it so that's all done open it up <coughs> right so that's all good I'll take, I've literally taken the film out and I'm gonna I don't normally do this I'd normally leave them in the camera but just seal that up that in my bag along the camera so that's that done take the uh, take the a1 out of my bag to make some space man i really need to invest in a in a mic that clips on to this i think i might get in contact with uh george from on the streets because i think he Uses a similar setup with a Tascam recorder for when he's out and about, and actually Henry does as well, I think, from Magic Box. Guys, if you're listening, get in touch. Tell me what you what you use because it's nice enough using this recorder. The sound quality is good, but I think just uh, like an external mic that clips onto like the top of my T-shirt or something would be a, a good idea. <clears throat> anyway, those are my thoughts. Not really podcast thoughts. Right, so that's done. Shot, shot, shot some shot, yeah, shot some sheets with the Speed graphic. Shot an entire roll of FP4 with the inside Box camera. My A1 is showing frame 17, and from experience with these bulk rolled shots of um, K400, KM400 that I'm using, that should almost be done. One thing I did forget to mention actually, I say there's no settings on that box camera, there's, there is no settings, but what I did between frames 4 and 5, and this is probably more for me rather than you guys, because I forgot to write it down, between frames 4 and 5, so frame 4 I took a shot, and frame 5 I took the same shot, but what I did for frame 5 was hold um, a red. Uh, coking filter over the lens there's obviously no way of screwing on a, a lens onto that box camera but I just literally held it over it just to see whether that made any any difference I think I've held the filter over a light meter before and I think it says it's like like one stop or maybe even half a stop of difference it's not very heavy like thick filter so I'm just wondering if it makes any difference so what I'm going to do now is just basically just walk paced up and down I'm still at that tree that I shot with the box camera and I'm gonna shoot it again with the with a cannon so bear me a sec yeah so I can obviously see through this viewfinder a lot better Um. what we're going to do. That's saying 125th once f2.8 which seems rather wide open for that. <coughs> I think this goes back to what I was saying about meters. So this is obviously just evaluating the entire scene <coughs> rather than just sort of spot metering it. So I think what I'm going to do is actually I bump that down and take that two stops down, I think. Shoot that at five point six. Pretty much the same frame, I think, as with the as with the inside. And I'm gonna shoot that again and see how it looks. Squeezing, squeal there. Yeah, and that's all probably academic anyway, because I've just gone to wind on and it's not gonna wind any further. So <laughs> that was the very end of the of that roll <clears throat> excuse me so whether or not that one will come out I don't know it's gonna uh, wind that back in so what I have realized fairly recently is this recorder does have like a, a record pause button which I didn't realize so if I done that properly actually seamlessly you shouldn't have heard me on uh, like rolling that film back and taking it out, popping it in my bag and then swapping it over for a new one should be seamless and you'll have never known except I just told you so anyway, um, I know I said what I wanted to do was finish rolls of film today so loading up a new one may have seemed rather counterproductive but I'm here so I'm going to shoot, so I might even shoot that entire rest of the roll but um, that entire new roll, especially if it's only like 18 frames um, brings me to the last camera that I brought with me today, the Arriva Panorama. Now, I'm not entirely sure that this camera is ideal for today, because (coughs) it's a panoramic camera and it's only a panoramic camera. So, as I say, it's 35mm. The i to try and explain it better than I did earlier the images are not like they are on an X-Pan but I think they are the same if not pretty similar ratio like aspect ratio but the longest side of that panorama rather than being like three or four frames long like it is in the X-Pan and that type of cameras it is only the length of a standard 35mm frame and therefore it crops out an awful lot of that normal 35mm frame does that make sense? so the viewfinder is panoramic as well, so you see what you're going to get, which is great. And where I am at the moment, a lot of the um, like wide panoramic, if you want to call it like the wide shots that I'm shooting, are vertical shots. So they're like looking down a path. So there's so they're in portrait orientation. That's just how they work. How they're working for me. But the panoramic crop that this gives is going to be a bit too much for that just looking for it this is more of a landscape orientated camera in my opinion and there ain't much today that's catching my eye about that so that might end up going back in the bag and not really you saying that I'm just I've come off of the main track bed at the moment uh down to where it sort of meets the marshes um what I think was called the heronry and that's looking out across the estuary the blithe Blytheborough estuary awful lot of um, like reeds in front of me actually some clouds in the sky now so i might just take and have a quick little shot of that there we go hear that quality I might also do actually because there's some clouds in the sky bring out that old red filter again <clears throat> and just see um, whether that makes a difference so I don't need to well not that it matters but it says frame 10 now so this shot's only going to be I'm going to take exactly the same shot again. can't do it, I need three friggin' hands with this that's what I was saying about a microphone. Um, so what I'm going to do, I've taken that shot I'm going to just pause you for a moment and put you on pocket and I'm going to take the same shot again with the red filter held over it there we go, seamless So what I actually did was took two more shots so there's going to be three shots of that on the same roll. Um, what I did was I shot it with the filter and then without sort of moving the camera just whipped the filter away and took exactly the same shot so the clouds are going to be pretty much in exactly the same position the frame is going to be exactly the same so there should be a more true comparison shot again filter was just held over the front there's no way it's just a little slim pocket point and shoot there's no way of putting a filter on it so it's just held over the front what the final thing that I noticed about that I haven't noticed, sorry. I've just thought. Is. Uh, sure. So. Oh no, that should be fine. <clears throat> right. Um, what I was panicking for a moment there was this is bulk rolled 400 speed film. And I just tend to bulk roll into any old 35mm canister that I have, knowing that it's going to go in something like my A1. And I will set the ISO accordingly regardless of what the DX code on the CAN says. Um, I f- thought for a moment, obviously there's no overriding the ISO on it, well, not obviously, but there is no overriding the ISO on this um, Reva Panorama. It does what the DX code says, or I think it defaults to 100 probably, like most of them do. I didn't want it to default to 100, um, but looking through the little window on the back, um, it says HP5, so it's an HP5 canister, which is 400, so the DX code will read 400, and therefore, is good, hopefully, anyway. Right, that's it for that. I think I'm gonna just tuck the reaver back into my bag. I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure I'm gonna be using that. Although, looking at it right now, there is an enormous tree of some description in front of me, um, it's really tall, which might well lend itself to the that panoramic aspect ratio. Let's just have a little look. Ironically I'm too close to it. <clears throat> so let's back away a little bit. Can't back away much because I'll be in the marsh up to my neck in marshiness. Yeah, that looks quite cool, although the tree that I'm now backed up against is kind of overhanging it. But that's all backlit nicely, then I'll just take it and see. Yeah. Not sure how that's gonna look with my eye it looks quite nice because I can pick out the detail of this tree and the trees behind it and this one that's next to me wherever that's going to render nicely onto black and white film I don't know because it might be well be the colours yeah, the fact that it's colour is why my eye is able to differentiate what's going on but we'll see <clears throat> no harm no foul if it doesn't work it doesn't work so now I'm just going to have a I'm going to wander back up to the track bed and have a walk, take a few more frames, hopefully it's now quarter past eleven just realized that i bought myself i treated myself the other day to or the other week now to one of these smarty watches one of these apple watch clones um, to try and keep track of some of my cycling that i've been doing and i've just looked down on it and realized that the battery on it is almost flat so not gonna know what the time is soon Modern technology, hey? Eh? It seems to be one of those things where I was astounded when I first got it because it was like the first smart device that I'd ever had that didn't need charging every damn night. And it's gone about five days, and I swear when I looked at it this morning, it said like half charge. So it's one of those ones that gets halfway and then says, oh no 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 and then dies off straight away. Anyway, that's another tangent that I don't need to go down. So I'm just gonna walk now. Basically I'm just heading back to the car and I'm gonna shoot a few frames if I see Hinkle. Cool. I'll catch up with you in a bit. So I'm gonna head back to the car now. Um I guess just a few thoughts when I close out this show. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stretch this show out into the development of the pictures and all of that, I don't think. Um I've done that before and it's probably not that interesting to listen to. So just a few closing thoughts I guess. Um it has been nice to get out and I need to put my phone on silent cause oh, that was Andrew. Um I, uh, when I was talking earlier about um, need, not needing, but essentially wanting a spot meter, I sort of after recording, I messaged Andrew Bartram of the Lenses Podcast and the Large Format Photography Podcast to ask him um, like, what he uses, whether he uses a dedicated spot meter, and he's got he's just got back to me now with uh, an answer and some pictures. Anyway, anyway um, what was I saying? It's been great to get out, take some photographs. Um, not worry too much about what's going on um unbelievable stupid bloody smartwatch is now buzzing with him as well i don't like this technology Crow. um what was i saying yeah so yeah i'm not gonna i'm gonna call call it here with the episode it's been nice to do um, another sort of out and about recording Um was a bit nervous about doing it when I first started because I haven't done it for a while and I've done sort of very similar things before and I kind of worry that people aren't going to find it interesting to listen to and then sort of, it's, uh, a lot of the reason I started this podcast was for for me to just talk about my thoughts and things and now it's great Alex is on board He's brings another voice to that which seems to be universally accepted as a great idea so Thanks Alex, um, but it's nice to do some of these recordings on my own, so equally, Alex, that is co-host Alex, if you're listening to this, um, if you ever want to do something similar, if you ever want to record some stuff while you're and about taking pictures, that'd be grand, it'd be nice to hear your views on what you're doing <coughs> as you're doing it. So, I'm just going to waffle, just end that waffling now, so let's just close it out unless I find anything more interesting to talk about. Um, I'm Neil, you can find me on Instagram, at Neil Piper, the show is at Sort of Whitewash, Alex is at Grainy Blur, all on Instagram. Um, thanks to Kevin MacLeod for the use of the intro and outro music that is quite possibly playing now, and um, if it's not playing now, either I'm going to waffle a little bit more or i found something else to talk about. Um, You can support the show if you like what me and Alex are doing um, at Kofi, Coffee. (laughs) someone really needs to get in touch with them and find out how to pronounce it, ko-fi.com forward slash mywash. Anything that you donate to that um, is received with great thanks, and just goes back into the show. Right, that's it for now. I'm going to check out, just seen a really cool looking photograph, but I'm probably not going to talk about it. I'm going to check out for now, and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Love you all. Bye-bye.